I would go to my friends' houses and deliver presents to their children, but dress as a witch. My dad had a great booming voice. His name was Jim Harlow, and he read me a million storybooks. I mean, it's very cheesy, but you are my dream narrator for this. Sounds like I'm sucking up, but it's it does, true. It's, it's very cute. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet actress Aubrey Plaza, CNN News anchor Poppy Harlow, and co-authors Carrie McCrossan and Ian McWethy. Go into the recording studio and get a peek behind the mic with these authors who are creating stories for kids and young adults. Enjoy! Hello, this is Aubrey Plaza, co-author alongside Dan Murphy of The Legend of the Christmas Witch. I was inspired to write The Legend of the Christmas Witch after I had created a character that I played myself over the past couple of years during the Christmas holiday where I dressed up like a witch and I would go to my friends' houses and deliver presents to their children, but dress as a witch. And it was kind of this performance art piece that I was doing, Don't Ask Me Why. And the kids really got a kick out of it. They loved the feeling of being scared by a witch, but also getting presents at the same time. There was something that was very confusing and fun for them. And this really led me to want to write this character in a story. So I brought this idea to my writing partner, Dan Murphy, and we talked about our love for holidays and stories that really revolve around holidays. And we decided there's nothing better than combining Halloween and Christmas two of my favorite holidays. And then the idea was born, and we just let our imaginations run wild, and it came so easily, the idea that Santa Claus could have had a long-lost twin sister that ended up on the South Pole. And we just thought that was really fun, so we went for it. If I had to describe recording my audiobook in one word, it would be... daunting. It's very strange to read something that you wrote out loud. I want to do the book justice, and I've never read an audiobook before, so I don't even know what I'm doing. And I think just hearing it out loud and knowing that children are going to be reading the story and that the story is going to be read to them, I feel pressure like I want to honor the book and do it right by the kids. So it was... A little bit scary, but also fun, just like the book. There were definitely some words and phrases that I had trouble pronouncing. Most of them were geographical locations, like Antarctica, which I still feel like I'm swallowing. I think I was saying Antarctica, or maybe a lot of people say Antarctica, but it's Antarctica. So you will be hearing this stressed in my book multiple times. I believe there's also Transantarctic. I don't know why I did this to myself. When you write a book, you don't think, oh, I may have to read this out loud. And then there's just, you know, Alborg and some of these foreign locations that need to be pronounced correctly. But thankfully, I knew all the other words that I had written, surprisingly. I am proud that I was able to 
at least attempt to do some character voices <laughs> subtly, even though, you know, I don't think that I'm very good at voices, but at least I attempted to give the different characters different little subtle flavors. And I hope that it translated and that it will be entertaining. And I'm really excited for listeners to hear all of the spells and the little rhymes that we wrote. They were so fun to write, and it's much more fun kind of saying those out loud because they remind you of all the kind of Christmas songs and Christmas rhymes that you grew up listening to, and this is like kind of our take on that. So I'm excited that I got to you know, perform those, and I'm excited for the kids to hear those. I listened to Amy Poehler's audiobook, Yes, Please, because I wanted to be comforted by hearing her own voice. And also I thought it was really fun that she had Kathleen Turner do some lines in her book. It's always comforting to listen to a book that's read by your friend because you feel like you're hanging out with them. I love to listen to audiobooks while I'm in the bath. And I love to listen to them on planes. Any kind of public transportation, I just love putting my headphones on and kind of being transported to another place when I'm in some kind of hectic, chaotic environment. It's just like such a nice escape. And then, of course, there's always the bath. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. No doubt you've never heard the name of Chris Torn. For the legend of the Christmas witch is a story that has been forgotten to time. But in her day, she was as familiar to children as Santa Claus. In fact, she is his long-lost twin sister, who for many faded reasons ended up at the South Pole. Stories and songs were written about her, yes, but as the years went on, these tales, told in whispers around the fire, became nothing more than scary stories meant to frighten children. Convinced of her evil nature, the elders were determined to erase all memory of her, and they have succeeded. Until now. The tale I'm about to tell may seem too fantastic to be true, but I assure you, it did happen. This is the real story of how Chris Torn became the Christmas Witch. And I should know, I was there. Hi, this is Poppy Harlow. I'm the author of my first children's book, The Biggest Little Boy, A Christmas Story. I remember I had the idea for my book literally, one December afternoon, walking down Court Street, I think it was, in Brooklyn, carrying my baby son, who was a baby then, Luca, in a little baby Bjorn, and he reached his hand out and was actually brushing the needles of all the Christmas trees in line that they were selling there. And in that moment, I think I passed a CVS on one side of me, and the other side was the Christmas trees, and I thought, this is a book. I'm going to write a book about this, and that's where it was born. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be touching. I teared up at one point reading one of the lines that I wrote because it reminded me of Luca when he was a baby. 
I was proud that I was able to follow the direction of our wonderful director, Maureen, to not be so anchory. I would have cast my dad to read this book because my dad had a great booming voice. His name was Jim Harlow, and he died when I was young, when I was 15, and never met Luca, but he read me a million storybooks, and his voice was wonderful. So I would have had my dad read it. The last great audiobook I listened to was A Promised Land by former President Obama, which it's just great to hear in his voice, you know, because he wrote it in his voice. And and before that, the first lady, Michelle Obama, I also listened to her audiobook. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is running, for sure. I listen to a lot of audiobooks running. I love them. I feel very close to them. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. On a tree-lined block in the big, busy city lived a little boy named Luca who loved big things. Big trucks, big toys, big buildings, big buses, big bulldozers, big St. Bernard's, big bowls of pasta, big statues, but especially big, big trees. Hi, this is Carrie McCrossin and Ian McQuethy, and we are the authors of Margot Mertz Takes It Down. I wrote this book because I read American Girls by Nancy Jo Sales, and that was when I first learned about the idea that in high school there's this thing called sort of revenge porn and that boys would collect nudes from their classmates and sort of curate them and collect them. I asked Carrie about it, and I sort of had this idea about, like, what if there was someone who was a fixer, and she reminds me a lot of... Carrie and we started talking about it and we came together and we came up with this one page pitch about this girl who was a professional fixer and she was very cool and she was sort of in the vein of like a Ferris Bueller or Veronica Mars. She was just very confident, seemingly in control of her destiny and really good at an adult job, even though she was in high school. And then she discovers this secret revenge porn ring and she goes about trying to figure out who made it and take it down. And that was just the very start of the conversation. The more we talked about it and the more we delved into the research, we were both fascinated and horrified. And it seemed like a really big, interesting, and complicated world. And that's what inspired us to write it. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word... The word would be grueling, maybe focus. <laughs> it's very hard. I knew it would be hard. I've never recorded an entire book before, so this was a big challenge. Plus, you know, we wrote this book, so I wanted it to sound good. <laughs> I realized I had trouble pronouncing, this is a word that appears a lot, sects, sects. 
sexts, S-E-X-T-S, sexts and texts are both in this book a lot, and I can't say them. I also think I say the word teacher weird, teacher. I don't know. I've been really forced to listen to myself a lot lately and judge myself. And it is a challenge to figure out how to record footnotes and where the best place to insert a footnote should be. And for our book, most of our footnotes are jokes. So, you know, you have to bear that in mind when you're figuring out where to put it without interrupting the flow of the narrative. So that was kind of an interesting thing that I didn't anticipate we were going to struggle with in this process. Who would be your dream narrator? I'm asking you, Ian. When I first had the idea, I was like, this is a Carrie voice. I knew I couldn't write it without you. And you were the best person to narrate it. I mean, it's very cheesy, but you were my dream narrator for this. Sounds like I'm sucking up, but it's true. It's it's very cute. It sounds like we're like a really great couple. And we never fight. We fight all the time, but not about this. (laughs) We we really didn't. I listen to audiobooks all the damn time, mainly when I'm doing the dishes or when I'm on the treadmill. I'm never not listening to an audiobook, actually. I got very sucked into Children of Blood and Bone, and I listened to it as an audiobook. I love that, and I can't wait for the third book to come out. Oh, but you know what I thought was really great, and I tried to listen to it to, like, sort of prepare myself, was I really liked the book Trust Exercise. I think the author's name is Susan Choi. There were three narrators, I think. But they were funny. Like, they had really good timing, and they were good and funny. What about you? You listen to audiobooks, too. The last audiobook I listened to and loved, I really liked Three Women by Lisa Tadeo. And uh, it was actually helpful for some insights into the second book that we're currently writing. The second book in the Margot Mertz series. The second book in the Margot Mertz series, yes. But it was like an eye-opener, very honest, and really transported me into sort of the mind and sexual experiences that women have, which I found enlightening. And the three narrators were both all very good and really distinct. I think Marin Ireland is really good at reading books. Oh, she's one of the readers? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love her. I've already read a couple different books. She's great. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks would be The Car. Yeah, The Car's a good one. And The Treadmill. That's kind of the only time I have right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess sometimes the dishes. It's yeah. only We have a toddler, so we don't have tons of time. But yeah, there's always treadmill time because obviously we're both smoking hot and we work out so much. <laughs> we used to. <laughs> <laughs> now listen to a clip from Margot Mertz Takes It Down. Anyway, I wasn't there to score booze. The only drink I ever ordered was a club soda with lime. I just needed a place to bring clients. Petey's was gross, sure. But it allowed my adult clients to be anonymous, order a drink, and forget that they were about to Venmo a teenager thousands of dollars. Look, it's always a mistake to sleep with a man named Josh, I said, trying to lighten the mood. It wasn't clear if she found this funny. But I might be able to help. Mrs. Bly looked up at me, searching my pale, pale, so pale, white face for a glimmer of hope. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. 
Thank you for listening. For more behind the mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com/nextlisten.